You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hello, hello, it's Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. I have a great episode for you guys today. I talked to Tam Watkins. She has an amazing brand called Loza Tam. I highly encourage everyone to check it out. She reached out to me and just kind of said she was a fan of the show and she asked if she could send me some hair wraps. And then she was here in New York to go meet down at the World Trade Center. A lot of the magazines are down there. So I think she was meeting with some of the Condé Nast editors and we found time to grab a coffee. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're so amazing. I love your story. I wish that you were in New York a little bit longer. And she was like, well, I'm just in DC. I'm, I can come back. How's Friday? So today's Friday and I'm so happy that we were able to connect. I think she has such an awesome spirit and I really enjoyed hearing her story as an entrepreneur and just as also as a woman of color growing up in the South, very different perspective, very different family dynamic, which you guys will hear about. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode a lot. I really appreciate everyone's support, everyone who's rated and reviewed the show, everyone who's subscribed and told someone about it. I really appreciate all of the love and I hope you guys like the episode. I'm sitting here with Tam Watkins. Welcome Hi. to the show. Thank you. I'm Glad s- to be here. I'm so excited that you could be here because we got to meet for the first time this week. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of the Loza Tam, your you. beautiful, beautiful product line, specifically the silk turbans. Thank you. They're silk lined turbans. They're not all silk, right? Um, well, they're, they're satin lined, but satin we lined. are working on silk-lined ones. So okay. Stay tuned. But my hair feels safe in the turbans, which is like very key. Yes. Mine does too, because underneath here is a big old mess. <laughs> I'm sure that's not true. So how would you describe what you do? Do you consider yourself a designer, a founder, an entrepreneur? All three? Mm-hmm. A designer, I would say no. Okay. Um, I'm just somebody that wanted a great hair accessory and just decided to create it myself. Entrepreneur, probably yes. Um, I mean, definitely yes. You've been doing this company on your own for what, like a year now? Uh, two years. Two years. We just turned to we're Gemini's. Awesome. The brand, not me. <laughs> <laughs> What's your sign? Taurus. You're a Taurus. Okay. Yeah. My brother's a Taurus. So where are you from? I'm from Florida. Okay. Where in Florida? It's called Monticello, Florida. That's the nearest town, but I'm actually from a very, very, very country rural area. It's called the Georgia Line. So oh, yeah. technically I was, well, technically I was born in Georgia, Okay, but because I straddled the line between Georgia and Florida, most of my education was in Florida. 
Isn't there like a country band called like the Florida Georgia yeah, Line? Yeah, and you know what? When I heard about them, I was so excited. But then I realized they're from an area that's closer to Jacksonville, Florida than the Panhandle area where I'm okay. from. Is that, I feel like maybe it's just from watching the news, like my perception of Florida is not positive in terms of like the more rural areas. Like, was there racism growing up? A lot of it. I'm from Trump country. Actually, um, my father's side of the family, like they're they're Republicans. Is your father black? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he's in law enforcement. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I shouldn't make assumptions. I just, I don't really know that many black Republicans. I don't either. Um, Yeah, my grandmother's a, Republican. She has Ronald Reagan in her living room. She voted for Trump? She did. And she's a um, black woman. How is. old is she? She's like, you know, I t- she reminds me of the grandma on Bla- uh, Blackish. So remember when the episode when Diane was giving her the um, questionnaire to figure out what political party she was closely, her views were closely aligned to? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she tested like for a Republican party. And it's the same with my grandmother. So your entire dad's side of the family, they're all black Republicans. Yeah. Fascinating. Uh-huh. I didn't even know that was a thing. So do you guys, do you talk about politics when you go home? I really try to avoid it, but my grandmother really seems to enjoy it, especially because I live in DC. I think, you know, they think I'm very like politically inclined. And so, yeah. But as, as, as I'm assuming that your grandmother is like at least over 60. So she lived through, okay. So she lived through segregation. I mean, she Mm -hmm. lived through like the, some of the worst, most racist periods of American history. She I'm surprised did. she's riding for Trump. So am I. I I've, I've brought up a lot of these things to her, but she seems very like firm. Got it. All right. Okay. Let's let's move on from this before we get too deep into politics. <laughs> yeah, but it's, can- <laughs> it's fascinating. It's fascinating. And so, but growing up as a black woman in Florida, was there diversity around you? Were you one of a few? Mm, so diversity, no. Um, I grew up in a town that was primarily, it was just either black or white. There would be like Latinos, but they would be more in agriculture for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't see like a diverse group of black people or people that represented the diaspora until I would watch like a different world. And that would usually be played by a black American with a horrible Caribbean accent, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so that was my exposure. Got it. Part. Got it. And so what's your connection to Ghana? Because one of the things that I love about your product is that you produce it, right? All in Ghana. Mm-hmm. Well, I believe that, you know, well, all of our ancestors are at some point, we we originate from that part of the world. Right. And so the connection to Ghana, I became, going to Howard. Oh, you there, went to Howard. Yeah, okay, how was that? I loved it. I could do it all over again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just interviewed someone who went to Howard, my last interview, Crystal, and she was just saying, it's like mm-hmm. you get there and you realize there's so many different ways to be black and so many different types mm-hmm. of black people and at Howard, you will see every single type yes. of black person. Seriously. Yeah. So I think going there, you see the Nigerians, you see the Ghanaians. Like I joined the African Student Association. I was like one of a handful of black Americans in it. But plus, like I feel like the my mother's side of the family, who I would say is, you know, very liberal, they were all they always talked about Africa as like this place that, you know, maybe they had never been to and never would go to, but it was a place of our ancestors. So that always piqued my interest. Mm-hmm. So going to Howard and seeing all these different Black people, the Nigerians, the Ghanaians, the South Africans, the Ethiopians, I was just like amazed. And I found that the ASA, they were very welcoming to me. Mm-hmm. Fast forward a couple years, I watched a show called An African City. It's like the Sex in the City of Africa. Oh, but it's like set in Nigeria, right? It's, uh, in Ghana, in Accra. 
Oh, okay. Okay. I think I've heard about this. I love that show. Nicole, that's the creator. That's the creator? so great. I love that she had a vision to do something like that. Yeah. And you can watch it online, right? Yep. You can watch it um, on YouTube, which was the first season. And then the second season, it's on VHX, I think. Okay. Well, I'll link to the YouTube season in the show notes so people can check it out. Yes. Watch it. It's so good. Yeah. So, okay, so then you actually got a chance to go to Ghana. Yeah, so because I saw these fabulous designers, like these women, like um, stomping around Accra, which is the capital (laughs) city of Ghana. And they were like decked out in these flat designers and they looked like African designers. So I went online searching for them, didn't find anything. And it made me start another business, which was retailing African designers, but that business didn't work out. And Mm. so I... Was in a yoga class a couple years after that, and I was doing a downward dog, and um, I was in Bikram yoga, actually. And I had that little- it's all hot and sweaty. Hot, sweaty, (laughs) you're frustrated, you're doubting yourself as a human being. And (laughs) my hair, I have a big old fro, and so my hair was in my face, and I had that thin little um, headband on, you know, the kind with the silicone strip in it that rips your hair out? Yep, I know know the one. Yeah, I had that on. I was doing a downward dog. My hair was doing a downward dog. And I was just frustrated. So afterwards, I was like, dang, I really need a great headband. Mm -hmm. And I went to Target, didn't find any success. Went on a Googler, didn't find any success. And then a couple months later, I went back to Ghana to visit some friends and a light bulb just came on. And so I was like, you know, do you know any women that can make this for me? And he introduced me to a group of women in Accra and the rest is, you know. History. So it all just started as you wanting a headband for yourself. Yep. To wear in yoga to that wouldn't yoga. damage your hair. <laughs> that wouldn't damage my hair, yep. And now here we are. So what year was that that you first went to Ghana? The first time I went to Ghana was in 2014. Okay. So a little like seed of an idea four years later. Now it's a full company. Yeah. That's amazing. Completely by accident. So you've been natural your whole life? Not my whole life. I had a Britney Spears moment when I was in like 11th grade. Yeah, I cut it all off. And where I'm from, I was just Trump country. Yep. People aren't as woke where I'm from. Like this <laughs> was back imagine. in 2002, cut it all off. And I remember this uh, boyfriend that I had at the time, he was like, why do you have that nappy stuff on your <gasps> head? Was he white? No. Okay. I feel a little <laughs> better. <laughs> no. Jesus. Okay. But that's so mm-hmm. strange because it's like, that's our hair. To yeah. not like that is sad. Okay. But he was, he wanted you to have straight hair. Yeah. He wanted me to have straight hair, preferably long straight hair. <gasps> Men are so uh, basic sometimes. They are basic. But it's funny because, you know, I follow him now on, uh, you know, all the social platforms. Yeah. And he seems to be very, you know, enlightened. So <laughs> does, he, does he have like this like big fro himself now? No, but he's always putting these like hella like spiritual quotes on his Facebook page. <laughs> he's woke now. Okay. <laughs> he woke, he woke okay, now. Okay, good. It took him some time, but he got yeah, there eventually. Yeah, well, as long as it happens. So, so you were dating him all of high school and then what like, a, like around 11th grade he was like you should what did he, did he say specifically like you should straighten your hair no so i i used to date him but we still remain you know like you date mm-hmm, someone you're mm-hmm. still cool with them so i wasn't dating him but i was actually dating a, a guy that was in college he was older than me he went to fmu okay. which is the local yes. hbcu um and so i just Became very interested in hair and politics, and I just started forming my own opinions, Mm -hmm. and he just supported it. And then one day, I just woke up, and I, I was... Doing the transition. I didn't, it wasn't a word for me back then yeah, in yeah, 2002, yeah. but I was transitioning. One day I woke up, I had my relaxer still in, but I hadn't really been combing it. And I woke up one day because I went to sleep on my back and the back of my hair was matted. Mm-hmm. And 
my beautician was like, you got to cut it all off. Like there's nothing, there's no detangling that can be done here. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. So, you know, at 16, I just chopped it all off. Chopped everything off. Yeah. And never looked back. Never looked back. I'm happy I did it. Yeah. And and do you remember, like I remember when I first did the big chop, feeling like I had to wear so much makeup and wear earrings because I felt Mm -hmm. kind of boyish in a weird way. Did you go through that a bit? I did. So I went to Florida State's high school and it's K through 12. And on the way to the high school, you had to walk through like a crowd of like kindergartners. And, you know, little kids are very, very honest. And this little uh, boy came up to me and I felt very uncomfortable because he was looking at me and he was studying me and I just knew it was about to go left. And he looks up at me and he goes, you look like a boy. And I remember running to the bathroom because I did not want to cry in front of this group of kindergartners. But I went and I cried in the bathroom. (laughs) That's a, that's honestly, that's such a real thing though, right? It's like one comment from one person can totally have you doubting yourself. It did. So I wore scarves. I wore, it was similar to you. Like I just had to make sure that I look very feminine. I know. Which is so silly because what makes us look feminine has really very little to do with our hair. But it's like you get that ingrained in you. Yeah. So what year did you graduate high school? In 2003. 2003. Okay. So who were like the people that you looked to for like beauty looks? Like who were your beauty icons growing up? Mm, like when I in high school, let's see. Erica Badu, I think she's always been like. Always. The shit. And Lauren Hill. Of course. Although I never really wanted to lock my hair, but I appreciated her beauty, especially her being someone that is more chocolatey. Yes. Um, Jill Scott as well. Yeah. Because she just had a certain freedom about her that I really liked. Mm-hmm. And she just, to me, has such a glow, an inner glow. It's so interesting, like these three women you're naming, Erica Badu, Jill Scott, Lauren Hill. Think about how different the girls look now. Like if mm-hmm. I, if you're in high school now, like who? It's like Sierra, Cardi B, Kendall Jenner. Wait, is it Kendall Jenner or wait, what's <laughs> the other one? Kylie. Yeah. But like, think about how different those looks are from mm-hmm. when we were growing up. Who we had to look at. It's like crazy. Night and day. It's really night and day. Yeah. And but, I love Sierra. Um, oh yeah, she's she's beautiful. I mean, she's they're all beautiful. Yeah. It's just a very different look. Yeah, the aesthetic is definitely. I feel like. Um, People put maybe more, I don't know, effort. I don't know if effort's the right word, but right. you can definitely tell they spent a couple hours getting ready. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely do. But I also think that so much of the kind of counter movement that I'm seeing towards that, like just this more effortless, fresh beauty, that's mm-hmm. that's also very much happening. So mm-hmm. I want to like acknowledge both. But do you feel like that's more on the millennial side, like in people, women that are like 25 to 34, I feel like we are in, and we have that aesthetic, but I wonder if younger women have it. Cause I feel like there's this nineties trend and I feel like in the nineties, there was still like, you know, a lot of makeup that was worn and the harsh lip. And Well, I think like when you're young, you want to have fun. Like what were we doing? Like glitter roll-ons, like we were doing the most. So I'm just like- I had a picture of me in 1997 where I had that dark black lip liner (laughs) and those super glossy lips. Uh, well, I hope okay, no one let's, ever brings that out. <laughs> let's not forget Aaliyah as like the ultimate beauty icon. Yes. Like I still get pictures of Aaliyah as, and I'm like, oh my God, you were so, she was I so know, gorgeous. She was gorgeous. She was gorgeous. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I don't know. I feel like the young girls are having fun. So I don't, I don't want to like knock their fun. Yeah. Have fun. Live it up. 
Live it up. <laughs> you may cringe when you look at the pictures, but like I feel like every decade has it. Like the 80s yeah. had their crazy era, the 90s. Like mm-hmm. we're just living through that version of what that is now. When did you feel like you really came into your own in terms of like your style and your look? Mm-hmm. Let's see. I I would say probably around 25. Like okay. in college, I was still experimenting, but around 25, I think I kind of got it together. And then in my 30s, I feel like now I'm like, okay, I, I, I think I know what it is. Right. But who knows, if you talk to me in 10 years when I'm 43, you know, it might be something different. But I would say about 25, because that's when I got my first job and okay. I could afford to buy like, you know, a decent, put a decent wardrobe together and, you know, so yeah, about 25. Is there anything that you tried and experimented with that you look back on and you're like, why did I ever do that? Not so. Well, you know what? I did experiment with color on my hair in Okay. Oh my college. God. Don't, don't scare me because everyone who listens to this podcast knows I've been having this like whole freak out over dyeing my hair. And everyone's like, it's, everyone was like, it's fine. Your hair is going to survive. And I'm like, I don't know. I just highlighted my hair. Is it still healthy? And it's been totally fine. It will. Yeah, it's fine. I just, at the time I didn't have the education. Or you did it yourself? It, well, no, I went to a salon, mm-hmm. but I don't think I was properly educated on how to really care for it. And when you're in college, you're on a shoestring budget. And so I wasn't deep conditioning it like I should have. And my hair is just crunchy all the time. And it took years for it to grow out. So what, did you like bleach it blonde? Yeah. It, well, it wasn't blonde. It was like a brassy orange color. <laughs> the way you describe it is so beautiful. It's like a big fireball. Got it. Got yeah. it. So now you're 33. Mm-hmm. I am a, rapidly approaching my 30s like I'm, I'm going to turn. Welcome to the club. Yeah, I'm 28 now. <laughs> um, so I, uh, yeah, it's it's around the corner. What do you think is different about your 30s versus your 20s? Uh, my 30s, I really value my internal peace and happiness. Okay. Um, no time for the bullshit. Yeah, no time for the, the BS. I really am careful about how I spend my time and who I spend it with. And I'm also careful about like the thoughts that I have. I always say I'm the gatekeeper of like what goes in my mind, what goes in my body. And so I just really try to be firm in that. Tell me more about that in terms of monitoring your thoughts. How do you do that? Okay, so every day, usually in the evenings, I go on a what I call a meditation walk. And during that walk, I have to say these verbal affirmations to myself. And I have to say them out loud so okay. that I believe them. What are the affirmations? Um, so the first one is I just say I am loved because I have to... Rem- I think in this world, sometimes we can become victims and, you know, if bad things happen to you or you just have a string of misfortunate events, you can tend to think that the universe is against you. And I think you have to be very, very careful of having those type of thoughts because it can just direct your behavior subconsciously to do things that are counterproductive to the person that you want to be. So I am loved is one. I always say I have marketable skills because being a entrepreneur, sometimes you doubt that shit. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, and then I just have to remind myself, like, I have a wonderful mother who loves me. I have a wonderful father who loves me. I have great friends. I have a place to stay. Like, just reminding mm. myself of all the things that I have that I love about my life. And so you say it out loud. Mm-hmm. You develop these affirmations. You do this every day. Yep. How long have you been doing this? And have you seen a difference from before you did it to now? I've been doing it for about two months now. Okay. And I do see a difference. Like, and just whenever I have these moments, let's just say, I don't know, you, like, say you get a parking ticket. Mm-hmm. And before you got that parking ticket, you left a meeting and the meeting didn't, didn't go very well. Like, in that moment when I just really want to just, like, be like, screw it. The universe is against me. Instead of, 
allowing myself to succumb to those thoughts, I just have to. That's when I just start repeating it to myself. I am loved. I, I have marketable skills. Yeah, I have marketable skills. People love me. <laughs> that's great. I mean, it's so interesting you bring up this point about your internal monologue, right? Because mm-hmm. we all have them. I guess sometimes you're not aware if yours is negative until mm. you do some investigation on it. And I'm trying to think about my internal monologue. I think I'm like pretty, I'm pretty relaxed with myself. I'm pretty, you seem like you're pretty, I'm pretty proud of myself. I'm pretty, maybe I should be like harder on myself and be like, Brooke, do this, do that. But I think I'm, my internal voice is kind, mm-hmm. except for if I do something that impacts someone else. So mm. if it's something about me and I'm the only person affected, then I'm fine. But if it impacts other people, I tend to be quite, Hard on, Hard on myself. Yeah. Did you notice that your internal voice was negative at some point? Not negative, perhaps at times. Um, I just feel like in this digital age, like we, it's so easy to compare yourself, especially to people online who have what one may think, you know, it's like a curated life. Like mm-hmm. you don't see all the the hard moments that they go through. There's, there are a few exceptions out there that are very honest about their journey. Mm-hmm. Um, but being an entrepreneur, like you, j- I just found find that I was doubting myself a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you listen to women who are getting funding for their companies or, you know, they're, maybe they didn't get funding, but their company, it just seems like it's having like this hockey stick growth. Or right. This they're growth, on Forbes 30 under 30. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're getting their And so magazines. you just go, well, what's wrong with me? Or, you know, why do I have to work a job that I don't like? Or, you know, whatever these thoughts that you have. Mm-hmm. And I've had all of them. So, yes, I guess it was negative. In addition to your affirmations, did you also change your approach to social media and like curb your social media use? I, I hired someone to do my social media. Okay. <laughs> so I don't even really have to go on it. You just like separate yourself from it entirely. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I think social media and self-care, some people have to separate the two, but mm-hmm. I kind of feel like social's part of my self-care because I, mm. I find other women I'm inspired by. And I guess that's kind of more around curating your feed and making mm. sure that everything I you see is that. adding value to your but life. But how do you curate? Your, I guess it's based on who you follow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Naked Beauty Planet, make sure everyone is following on Instagram. I try to share beauty inspiration. But yeah, I think I can see how social media can lead you towards this path of comparing yourself Mm -hmm. to others. But I also think if I think about what my life would be like without social media, without no, like we wouldn't have met, right? We wouldn't have met. Um, I wouldn't have met so many of the women that I know today and that I'm inspired by. I wouldn't have even known their stories existed. So, and especially like if I think about when I first went natural, if YouTube didn't exist, oh, like, yes, Lord. what would I have done, right? <laughs> so I feel like net-net, it's impacted my life for the better, but I can also see how it can get. I agree. I agree. Those ladies on YouTube, KimmyTube, Natural85, oh they've saved me plenty of bad hair day. Is KimmyTube, is she still around? I, I think she, I subscribe to her Love Naturals channel and okay. she uploads content every now and again. She mm. really put me on to the magic of aloe vera for she, natural she, hair. Did she's she? like a scientist, right? She, like she like pH tests all of the... I love that she does that. But actually, I think her background is in like creative... Really? Something. Because I remember so her drawing this chart. She is. I, I love smart women. Yeah, same. I love when women are willing to like really dig down into the details to figure out the why, the how, the totally, who, the what. Totally. But, and I think that's why people love natural mm-hmm. 85. Um, hey, Whitney. Yeah. Whitney's just... She's so honest. She's been doing it for a long time, but she was one of the first. But also here's my thing about Whitney. I feel like her hair is magic. 
<laughs> period, right? Like <laughs> you can follow every tutorial step by step. To the T. But you're, it's not, it's just, uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm doing the steps, same order, same products, not same result. Like her, she has like special hair. She does. She's the only person I know can put yogurt on their hair and it not come out smelling like crap. You know, <laughs> yogurt hair masks have never worked for me. Me either. And do you remember, do you know about the Cherry Lola method? Yes, I saw that going so around. So I've, I've done it. Um, the yogurt and the amino acids mm-hmm. and I haven't the done the set. amino acids. Yeah, now. the Bragg's amino acids. I've I've done anything that you can potentially do to your hair with natural ingredients. I have tried yogurt. Didn't do anything bad to my hair, but it didn't do anything. Mine was so stinky. Yeah, it doesn't. You have to wash it out thoroughly. I think that was my mistake. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You <laughs> she wash warned it us. You have to wash it up thoroughly. And one of the other things you can do is add like lavender essential oil. Kind of kills mm. any bad smell, so you can like That's dilute the tip. smell. Yeah, mm. yeah. And yogurt's really good for face masks, I find. Mm. Oh, because of the lactic acid. Exactly. Oh, okay. Not. Yeah. I think better for face than for hair. In my in my experience. Yeah, I think there's less room for error on the face. Yeah. And so you've designed these like gorgeous turbans. How often do you wear your hair out? You're like, but it's perfect. It's like a perfect. Um, I'm so lazy with my hair. Like I just don't have time. I I do have time. I just don't want to make the time. Like honestly, like I just can't. So this is what I believe. I believe that for everyone's approach to beauty, you have a certain, you have a set budget and you have a set like amount of time that you can spend on mm-hmm. things, right? So you can either dedicate it to your skincare, your hair care, or your body, right? Like mm-hmm. working out. Now, some people are hitting the gym every single day and like doing the most for their body. And like, God bless them. they just don't spend that much time doing their hair. Like, fine. Mm-hmm. Some people literally spend so much time doing their hair. That's the thing that they invest in. Some people invest all of their time into their skin, mm-hmm. right? So like, what's your thing? What's the thing that you invest in most? Probably my body right now and my okay. mind. Yeah. Um, the important stuff. Yeah. The foundations. I think the other things are important too. Like, you know, I would totally get Botox. Um, really? Or, you, had, you know, you I've had, had it before. So really? I used to you work You don't for, even have a wrinkle on your face. Oh, yay. But Botox is preventative. I used to work at this plastic surgery office. Ooh, okay. Tell me more. I'm yeah, so my ex- mom and I got it together. Wait, okay. How old were you when you got it? Like 23. <gasps> 23. Okay. I'm 28 <laughs> and I have not even tried Botox. Do I need to try Botox? No, you don't. I got it because it was free. Where did you get it? In my forehead. So for like uh, about two to three months, I couldn't like do this. Like I couldn't frown. Um, Did you love the way it looked? I did. Really? Yeah. Now you have me. And chemical pills. I used to get chemical. I still swear by chemical pills though. Really? I did did chemical peels before my wedding. Yeah. There's, I don't like the the peeling and the dryness. Um, So it was something that I'd suggest that you do in the wintertime more so because, you know, there's not the sun where you can get hyperpigmentation Mm -hmm. if you're a woman of color, but I really like the effects of them. Of the chemical peels? Mm -hmm. Okay, wait, tell me more about the Botox. First of all, (laughs) so you got it for free. How much does Botox cost? I don't know how much it costs now, but back then I think it was in the triple digits. I want to say, like, is it like 400 per cent? I don't know. Yeah, they do it by units. Okay. So I think maybe, I don't know. $25 $25 per unit. And typically, I think most people need, you know, 50 units, I think. Oh, wow. I believe. Dermatologists, sorry if I'm mis- <laughs> misquoting things here.
You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I'm, okay, I'm so fascinated by this. So I did Restylane under my eyes. Really? a long time ago. It's all worn off now. And I really want to get it again, but it's just so expensive. And I'm like, ugh, I just don't have the money to do it. But I did it and I was so happy with the results. And like, no one noticed. They were like, you look exactly Exactly the the same. same. And I was like, what? (laughs) Don't you hate that? And I was like, but I felt different. So now maybe I'll do it again. Yeah, you should. Who do do you have a dermatologist that you love to go to? Yes, Okay. yes. Yes. And she does a really good job and she like really, really like studies your face and she makes sure that it's done very subtly. Mm. That's, um, that's what I like. Yeah. So. Okay. So you did Botox. At, so it's been 10 years since you've done Botox. <laughs> 10 years. Would you do it again? Heck yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And you just do the forehead? Yeah, just the forehead. Can you do Botox? Like I have so many lines under my eyes. Can you do Botox under your eyes? Um, From what yeah. I understand, no. It's okay. really on the areas that are like very mobile. So like, you know how like your forehead yeah. and stuff. Do I have lines on my forehead? No. They say the more you frown, the more you form the wrinkles and stuff. So okay. Botox is a preventative. The way that uh, the dermatologist was explaining it to me was that if you fold a paper enough times, like you'll over time get a permanent wrinkle and Botox, is uh, pr- it prevents the mobility in areas of ah, your face so I that see. you can't Your face is frozen anyway. Yeah. So you can't ever really form that wrinkle. Yeah. That's interesting. But then here's my other thing. It's like, again, with the budget, once you start, then your Mm. baseline, it's like my whole thing with those individual false lashes, Mm -hmm. which are so beautiful. And like, I've done it a few times. But then I just, I realized I had to stop because it becomes like this addiction spiral where you see your eyelashes without the false lashes. And you're like, what are these boring eyes? I need them. And then it's like, then you have to get your eyelashes done every month. Maybe you get Botox. I don't know. how, How long does Botox last? I think four to six weeks. Weeks? I thought you were going to say months. No, maybe a couple. Maybe. Okay, so, but not that long. Not so then that you have to, long. Then you, you have to do that. And yeah. then, like, some women, like, always have their hair, like, laid and weaved. And, and then you have to do, it's like, mm-hmm. it's just, it becomes very costly, all that maintenance. Yeah, I. but I do like, like, I have friends like that where they're always very well put together. Mm-hmm. I'm typically not that friend, like. Oh, girl, neither. You'll I mean, see I'm me not. without concealer on many a day. And without. You know, my nails done. You'll probably never see me without a pedicure, though, because I'm oh, very, yeah. like, so I've conscious seen. about my toes. Oh, really? Why? Because, like, I've been getting pedicures ever since I was, like, 12. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so spoiled, but I love it. No, no, that's great. I think, yeah, my mom is, like, a glamour girl. Okay, so she, like, would take you to get pedicures. Yeah. And so that's, so like, your one like constant. It. Yeah. Yeah, I have to get that done. That's so fun. Manicures, I agree, are way more optional than pedicures. Like, yeah. 
I, I, I'm trying to remember the last time I had no polish on my toes. It's been a minute. I can't ever recover <laughs> <in> time. <laughs> so bad, but it's so true. Yeah, no, that that's so that's an interesting insight. There is totally a difference between the two. Like, yeah, and if let's just say on a rare occasion that I did, like I would hide my feet, like you just wouldn't see them. And actually, when I go get a pedicure, sometimes my boyfriend likes to go with me, okay. and I hate that. Because yeah. it's just like, so I will literally go and sit all the way yeah. at the end because they always assume that you want to sit by the person you yeah, came yeah, with. Yeah. And you're like, no, and don't. I'm like, nope. Please seat us separately. This <laughs> yes. is not a shared experience. <laughs> He's like, she's so weird. Yeah, just let her sit down oh, there. See, how long have you been with your boyfriend? Two years. Going on two years in August. Okay. August and, is like tomorrow. And do you guys live together? No. Oh. No. So do you have all of your like makeup and stuff at his place though? I have some stuff. Like I, um, yeah, some stuff. Like I have an extra bottle of foundation there. I have like a hair bun there. Okay. A scarf, of course. Of course. There. And a turban, a couple turbans there. Nice. It's so funny. When my husband and I first started dating, I remember... I brought like all my conditioners, of course, to his place <laughs> and he would use them and I'd get really mad. I was like, that's my boyfriend too. I was like, these are very expensive and like, you don't have like kinky hair. So, and then like, they you use don't... it all willy nilly. Willy nilly. I'm like, use like, your Pantene. It's there. Like you don't like, don't, don't dip into my products. <laughs> you don't need that big amount that you have. You don't even have hair. Like, I know. He was like very offended. He was like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not good enough to use your products. And I was like, no, you're not. Like, it, just keep them separate. Don't use my products. Does your boyfriend like approach his self-care in any specific way? Yeah. So, you know, I used to work for another grooming brand. Yes. Tristan Walker. Yes. Did he yeah. go to Stanford, by the way? Did he go to Stanford? Isn't he Stanford affiliated? Yeah. He went to Stanford for his master's. Okay. I've always wanted to meet him. Is he a nice guy? He is a nice guy. I really, I remember obviously the bevel came out and then for listeners, I don't know if people are familiar with Form, but it's a natural hair care company. And mm -hmm. you tell me if I'm getting the value prop right, because I know you did the marketing for them. <laughs> but I believe what the value proposition is, is that hair care shouldn't be one size fits all. Mm -hmm. And so you do like kind of a short survey quiz type thing. You get products recommended for your specific hair needs. And it's like leave-in, conditioner. Yeah, see good ad copy, good clear brand um, positioning in the market. And then he, as an entrepreneur, just as like a black man, is very inspiring. I killing feel like killing it, killing it. I've learned so much from him and all the team that was out there. Like it's funny. Like I feel like Walker, they attract such great talent, mm -hmm. especially like in our community. Like it's it's funny because when I was there, like there were people that went to like UPenn, MIT, Cornell, and I love Howard, but I was just like, how did I get up in here? You know, no, like stop. with all I mean, these Ivy League so educated. Uh, folks, I was like, wow, you guys are hella smart. And they were so young. Yeah. 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 It's, it's interesting what he's been able to build. So, so your boyfriend, does he do self-care stuff? Oh, yes. He, he is actually a bit annoying with it. Really? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. This is really good to hear because the episode that I'm dying to do is I'm going to talk to a bunch of men and get men's approach to oh, self-care and so beauty. Great. Just as a one-time special, <laughs> special episode. I, I'm mostly actually 99% interested in only speaking to women, but I think it would be interesting maybe just once to hear from different men. Okay. So tell me what your boyfriend would say is his approach to self-care. I'm just so oh, curious gosh. now. So at first he was cutting his own hair and okay. actually he recruited recruited me to cut his hair. So okay. Is he like, black? Can I ask? Yes, he's okay. black. Um, type four hair. Okay. Um, when I first met him, he was wearing like a real, a Caesar cut, which okay. is like that low fade all yep. the way around. Yep. And um, he was actually, I hope he doesn't hate me for saying this, but he was like experiencing hair loss at, in his crown area. And so what I told him, I was like, you should grow your hair out. 
so that it will be less obvious that you're right, yeah, you know, of experiencing the hair loss. And so he did it. And now, you know, it's like, oh, well, what products should I use? Oh, my God. Is he, he's like doing like a braid out? Like I'm living. <laughs> Does he have like long hair? He thinks it's long. He'll pull it. He's like, I have hang time. And I'm oh like, that's adorable. chill out. You oh have gosh. like an inch of hair. Like That's so cute, though. So <laughs> he he's does like, a sponge. On his hair. Oh, that like little swirly thing. Yeah. Okay, I saw Lawrence doing that on Insecure, and that was my first time ever seeing a man do that. I was like, what is this? Yeah, it looks, it gives, it adds more texture to the hair. Interesting. Why don't women do it with short hair? Oh, I know some women that really? do do it with short hair, but it can cause tangles. Like for a guy, you know, tangles don't really matter because yeah. like length retention probably isn't really their goal. <laughs> yes, yes, um, yeah. But yeah, he uses all my products. Oh, that's great, though. That's really cute. <laughs> yeah, he puts me on the stuff, too. He put me on to the um, Acure brand. Okay, and you know I love Acure. Yes, I love them, Not too. their shampoo, but I love I love most of their products. Yeah, I use all of their facial stuff. That's what he uses because he was looking for an exfoliator that could really, like, lift his hairs up so he wouldn't get like, uh, razor bumps. Razor bumps, yeah. oh, my God. Oh, yeah, see, men, men have things, right? Like, men, yeah. we think that, like, we are the only ones that suffer in the name of beauty, mm-hmm. and— Talk to any man in your life, and like if you dig a bit deeper, they have all of their insecurities and skin things and mm-hmm. body things and hair things too. Yeah, I didn't know really before, until I met him that um, razor bumps and ingrown hairs was such a big thing for men. He, like I said, he was the one that really put me on, put me on to like all the issues that they black men of color experience as it relates to like razor bumps and ingrown hairs. So I was like, wow, totally. Yeah. And I know you travel a lot. I want to hear about. So you've been to like Turkey, you've been to China, you've obviously spent time in Africa. Mm-hmm. Where's your favorite place that you've traveled to, and like where do you think they have like the most interesting beauty looks? Interesting beauty looks. I just made certain observations. Okay. I, I don't want to say that one's more interesting than, than the other because yeah, I fair. appreciate them all. But fair. one of the things, so when I went to Ethiopia, I noticed that women over there don't wear as much hair extensions as the women in West Africa. Like okay. West Africa women wear a lot more hair extensions. Really? Uh, yeah. They I don't wear their natural hair? I've never been to, I've only been to South Africa and like Morocco. Oh, I love South Africa. I love South Africa. But yeah, they wear a lot of hair extensions. And I feel like natural hair is becoming a trend mm-hmm. in uh, West Africa. But in like Eastern Africa, like specifically Ethiopia, mm-hmm. um, I don't, I didn't notice hair extensions as much. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. So where have you been in Turkey? Istanbul. Istanbul. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love, isn't Istanbul just like the best city it. ever? The food. Turkish food is <sighs> the best food. Like, and the best soap. Best soaps. Best. I love the soaps. I know. All, they have so much handmade soaps. Have you, did you ever do a Turkish bath? No, I wanted to, but oh we didn't God. have time. Oh, next time you go, you have like new skin. They basically like strip everything. Is it you, like when you go to the, um, I've done it at like the uh, Vietnamese, the Korean uh, bathhouses. There's some in uh, southern, in Northern Virginia that oh. I've gone to and they like scrub you to, it's, you almost feel violated when you leave. Yeah. Okay. Cause they're like lifting yep. your leg up over your head and you're like, That sounds kind of similar. Minute. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds kind of similar. What's interesting is that it's like gendered. So mm. men are only with men mm-hmm. and women are only with women. You know, mm. Turkey's like a Muslim country. So I guess maybe that's why you're separated. But yeah, like they scrub you down. I love that. But it's great. Like you feel so clean and they take beauty very seriously in Turkey. How often do you think they do that, that scrubbing process? Oh, interesting. I think it kind of depends on the person. And also like the Turkish baths in Istanbul, like the ones in the center of the city, those Mm -hmm. are, a lot of those are just like for tourists versus, but I do know that 
getting your hair blown out like before work. Some women mm-hmm. in Turkey get their hair blown out every single morning. Wow, really? But Jeez. for just a regular, not like even if you're in a small village and you don't have a lot of money, like mm-hmm. once a week you're getting a blowout because it's cheap there. It's like $15 to get your hair blown out. That is very cheap. Wow. And so- they get you in and out and like two people do you, but like all, all of my Turkish extended family, like they all get their hair like blown out and done all the time. Wow. And so do they have naturally curly hair? Yeah. So this is the other thing that like I I had to learn over time. Like most Turkish women have naturally curly hair. Some have naturally mm-hmm. straight hair, but most have naturally curly hair, but they don't want to wear their hair curly because internationally there's just, I don't know, mm-hmm. straight hair is better. That's just like we, what we've all decided. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of them dye their hair like platinum blonde. That's so you see all these blondes I there. Notice, yeah. And the eyeliner is it's like the Amy Winehouse type. Of the makeup game is it's, strong. Yeah. Makeup strong. game is strong. Um, <laughs> But generally, I feel like I love the attention to beauty um, in Turkey. And then Mm -hmm. what about, what's China like? I've never been to China either. You know what? China, I was stared at a lot. Really? And people were trying to like photograph, take photographs with me all the time. Recently, This was, I went to China back in 2016. Wow, that's recent. And you went alone? Yeah. Did you plan to go alone or you were going to go with people and they dropped no, out? No, I plan to go alone. I like really? to travel by myself. I think women Tell at some point in their that. life should all take at least one or two trips by themselves. Really? Yeah. Okay, so you're just like, I'm going to go here for this many days and do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I was going because I wanted to investigate um, sourcing some materials from there. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think to invite my friends. I was like, I'm going for business. And that's just it. That's, that's amazing. what I did. Yeah. I like your point that you think that all women should do this at one point. But I think that some people, we decide how we're going to spend our money, but some people don't choose to invest in travel. Mm -hmm. What would you say is like the best case for why you should invest in that type of thing for yourself? Um, I think when you travel, you develop a level of appreciation for other cultures, Mm -hmm. but also um, when you travel by yourself, especially like you have to be almost like hyper aware of your surroundings and you just learn to be okay by yourself. Like you learn that you can, I didn't do a lot of research when I went to China. That's one of the things I would say is like one of my flaws is that I'm not a big planner. And so I just thought that I was going to fly to China, get to the airport, take an Uber to my hotel and be done with it. But were you in Hong Kong, Singapore? No, I was in Southern China. It was oh. like, I was in Guangzhou, which is like the little Africa of China. It's like Whoa. has the largest African population Whoa. in China. I literally, my mind is blown. I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, I didn't either. Until I got here and I was like, whoa, okay. Wow. <laughs> it's funny. So I was in um, this part, it's called Sao Belo. That's the part of Guangzhou that has a lot of, um, a, a large African population. And I was staying on the street and I saw this lady who we were similar complexion. I found out she was from Angola. In in Angola, they speak Portuguese. Mm -hmm. And obviously I speak English and I don't speak Cantonese or Mandarin, which are the languages spoken in China. There's a Chinese lady there and she had to be our interpreter. It's like, we both look alike, but we, you know, because of like slavery and colonialism, like we don't speak the same language. Right. That's so interesting. (laughs) Yeah. So do the Africans that live in this part of China speak Mandarin and Cantonese? Yeah. I actually um, was connected to a bunch of Tanzanians and they have been living there for years and they spoke fluent Cantonese. Like if if I didn't have those men around me at the time, like honestly, I would have been taken advantage of like in the marketplaces that I went to. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of marketplaces, when you go to the Grand Bazaar, like do you haggle? Do you bargain? Like do you do? Yes. 
Okay, good. It's a sport for me at this point. Okay, yes, yes. <laughs> Tell me some of your bargaining like tips. Do you like, they give you a price, you say half, you walk away. Like, what are your tips? How do you? Um, I do a combination of walk away, <laughs> do half. I make this. So when I was in China, I, I met this guy from Mali. Okay. And um, he was like originally like trying to pursue me in this marketplace. And I was like, well, since he's going to stand around, like, let me put him <laughs> to some use. And so um, I was like trying to buy, I don't know, some bag or something. And I was like, hey, can, do you think you can get this for me at a cheaper price? And so he's like, yeah, I'll try. So he like he was amazing. And I picked up on everything that he did. So okay. now like he what would make he these. Do? He'd be like, they so say for example, they're like, um, oh, I want $20 for this. And he goes, ah, $20. He'd make this scene, it'd be so dramatic. Yeah. So sometimes that's what I do. And yeah, sometimes yeah. it works, sometimes <laughs> it doesn't. Okay. But my last resort is to walk away. And if they chase me, then I'm like, oh yes. Yeah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> I usually go the like feel bad for me. I have no money. Right? Oh, like I go for the like, technique. Okay. that's my technique. So like, I feel more comfortable with that technique being like, Oh, it's so pretty. I just, I, I only have $50. This is like the most I can spend is 300 really your final price. <laughs> Do you think though, like they normally go for that? Cause I feel like they think Americans like have money, these unlimited sources. Yeah. Of well, my husband's Turkish. So he like gets really mad at me when I don't like negotiate hard oh. enough. And like, he thinks that everything can it's be negotiable. like, negotiable. I yes, agree. But that's also like his culture and everything. Yeah. I love that though. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's, but it's like, could you imagine negotiating here in the U.S.? Like people would be like, well, excuse me. No, but you know, sometimes it is exhausting. Like sometimes you just want to sit in your taxi and know that you have a price that everyone else is paying. Like some, sometimes when I go to Ghana, and I get in a taxi, I already know it's going to be like, it's like back and forth. Oh, right, right, and it's right. Just like, yeah. oh Sometimes my gosh, you just want, like, what is the price? Yeah. Let's just not have this haggling. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of energy. So, okay. One of the questions that I ask everyone on the podcast is like, what are the top beauty products that you're absolutely obsessed with? Okay. So I really love R and Co. I love their cleansing conditioner. Okay. It's so great for my hair. Like I like that it um, cleanses, but it doesn't like leave my hair feeling stripped. And okay. you know, when you have textured hair, like I feel like any type of shampoo will like strip any type of anything off of I it. Know. So yeah, I love R and Co. Um, of course, I love Fenty Beauty. Oh, I love Fenty <sighs> Beauty. Yes, I was just at Sephora the other day with my friend. Just we wasting went, money, right? Like I'm, I'm money. just like Rihanna, take it. Yeah, she was like, oh my God, I have sticker shock. Shock! I've never spent this much on makeup products, but I'm like, you need it. You need it. <laughs> I need all of this. That's how I feel about Fenty too. I haven't gotten the Moroccan spice palette yet. Have mm, you? No. Okay, what did, what did you get when you just went? The Universal Gloss Bomb is the best that lip gloss, gloss that has ever been created. It is. Like when I saw, I saw a video of um, Rihanna, I think it was Vogue. Okay. And when she put it on, I was like, I must have it. Give it to me. All of it. It's so good. Five it's tubes, so good. please. It's so good. What else do you like from Fenty Beauty? I love the Trophy Wife. The highlighter? the highlighter? You don't think it's too much? It's never too much. Okay. <laughs> You're living for it. Yeah, I live for it. I love highlighter. I do think people go overboard too with much, it. Too much, yeah. But I love highlighter. Yeah, same. <laughs> One of the things that I find to be very interesting is Rihanna's so beautiful that pretty much anything she puts on looks good. Mm -hmm. So that kind of makes her like an unfair makeup ambassador in a way. I would agree. Because now that the new highlighter that she released is silver, mm -hmm. which I feel like on 99% of people is going to look awful, yeah. but I see it on her and I'm like, ooh, that looks good. I'm holding off on seeing the uh, YouTube reviews come out with the yes, chocolate girls. Yes, and same, then I same. And I might be like, oh. 
okay, I'll give it a try. Same, right? same. Rihanna's just not a fair litmus test for what makeup's going to look good. Yeah. So you sound like you're like me in terms of, I'll see something I like, but then I have to read reviews mm-hmm. and see the YouTube reviews, right? That's on everything from a vacuum cleaner everything. to rosehip oil to whatever. Everything. It's yeah. it's essential. You have to know that it's coming from a good source and that it works for someone who looks like you also. Mm-hmm. Who who are your girls on YouTube? Who do you follow? Of course, Natural 85. Yes, of course. Um, Chime. Uh, Hair uh, Crush. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of yeah, course. She's that huge, big mane. Um, who else? Ran, this isn't a beauty girl, but I love her anyway. Uh, Wendy Williams, like oh, what? Wendy, oh my god! Her. Wait, I was literally just telling someone that I'm obsessed with Wendy Williams, and I have been obsessed with Wendy Williams my entire life, like since I was 13. Since I listened to her on WBLS mm-hmm. on my way home from school. You're so lucky you got to, you know. You only know her from TV. Yeah. Well, no, I know her from radio, but not, I didn't get to listen to her like you did because you were, you know, in a city. Yeah. (laughs) No, I love Wendy Williams and I always put on her YouTube channel when I'm getting ready Mm -hmm. in the morning and I like watch the show from the day before. It feels like family. I know. So what's your other like beauty product that you absolutely love and can't live without? Hmm. Coconut oil. Coconut oil. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like, I put it on my body as my lotion. Yeah. I put it in my hair. I use it to take my makeup off. Yeah. I use it for everything. I even cook with it. Yeah. Coconut oil, I'm, I go back and forth on. I think my hair doesn't like it that much. And in the winter, you have to be careful because when it's cold outside, oh, it, can, it gets okay. solid. Yeah, well, I like it when it's solid. Well, you mean in your hair? In your hair. Oh, yes. I was like, I like it when it's solid. Yeah. Not in your hair, I don't like it when it's solid. Yeah, yeah. The coconut oil is one of those great, like, catch-all mm-hmm. oils. You mentioned heat-free hair before, those clip-ins. Yes, because, cl- you know, there's not... Well, back when I first went natural, there weren't a lot of... Right. Um, hair extensions companies for women with textured hair. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw heat-free hair come out, I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. And yeah. the found is pretty dope. Yeah? Yeah. So, okay, let's talk about clip-ins for a moment because I feel like they can be done really, really well, but mm-hmm. they make it seem like it's easier than it is. Do you see what I'm saying yeah, when I say I that? Know what you mean. <laughs> they make it seem like it's easier than it is. There is some... It, it, it takes a long time. Like, mm-hmm. it takes me to do my clip-ins really, really, like, well and have them look good. I want to say it takes, like... An hour? Yeah, like, a, mm-hmm. maybe an hour and a half solid. Mm-hmm. And you'll see tutorials and they'll be, like, 15-minute style, like, 20. And I'm like, like what are these false <laughs> times? This is not, this, it takes way longer than that. You know what? I like to wear wigs. Oh, okay. <laughs> I haven't gotten into like wig life. Yes, I love wigs. Like, love wigs. Love wigs. Like, because it's, I, I typically will put a turban on over my wig, like mm-hmm. if I'm not in the mood to blend it. Okay, so now everyone listening knows that because this has come up now in so many episodes, and I just like want to get into it, but I just don't know how. Do you get so, synthetic wigs, human wigs? You buy them at a wig shop? I go to a wig shop, um, but also I order them. Like if I have two types, you know, mm-hmm. you have your cheapy wigs, the ones that you might just throw in a corner somewhere where yeah. you and not really take care of it, and then you have your high quality units. What yes. my hairstylist calls, she calls them um, hair designs. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, what are good? Are there certain brands that I should be looking for that do good wigs consistently? Yeah, heat free hair. Okay. I love their um, units, but also you can go to your stylist and they can make custom ones for. For you, oh, really? I would probably recommend that option, especially if it's your first time. Is that 
Human hair, synthetic hair. I, if if I'm paying for a custom unit, I would get human hair. Human hair, and you just what you braid your hair down and you put it on top. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't even braid my hair down. Sometimes it's literally two plaits. Really, and I I secure those bad boys with bobby pins, and then I put it on, and I'll put a turban on. Okay, and go on about my life. Okay, I'm gonna try a wig. I want to try a cheap one first. Yeah, try a cheap one first. What's a good cheap one? I that I can use, order online. I think it's Empress that I have. I have this one um, kinky straight one. Oh, I've been wanting to try kinky straight hair. Okay. Yeah, I'll, actually, I'll send you the link to where I got because it was like 20 bucks. People Ooh. actually even think it's my hair because my really? natural hair is pretty long. Yeah. And people are just like, oh, you blew your hair out. And I'm like, yep, sure did. <laughs> <laughs> I sure did. Okay. And once you send me the link, I will add it to the show notes so people can find it. But yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to try wigs. I yeah. don't know why I haven't. I mean, I've done worn wigs on Halloween, but that doesn't count. Yeah. And actually the one that I'm going to send you is a half wig. So I'll um, blow out like the perimeter of my hair because um, I don't want to straighten my entire head. And then I'll yeah. just put it on and put a hip in on and blend it in. That may be a problem. I'm, I'm trying to be like heatless, but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll look into it. I'll look yeah. into it. Look into it. Or you don't have to. You just put a cap on yeah. top of it. But clip-ins are fabulous. And no yes. matter what your hair texture is, people can try clip-ins. I feel like it's a great way to play with color and mm-hmm. length and texture. I would use that definitely to play with color. Yes. Because I've been scarred. Yes. And so was Whitney on Nap- Natural mm-hmm. 85. She documents the whole journey with her, her color. But yeah, the biolage, I believe she had. Yeah. Mm. And that's what scared me from doing color. But I think Diva Curl did a good job. Mm, yeah. And I like the color that you have now. It looks really pretty. Oh, thank you for, for my braids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just got this done. Yesterday, I was um, I left the braiding shop in Brooklyn at 3.15 a.m. Oh, wow. That's a couple. What time did you go in? Well, I got there, of course, at 7, but oh was she ready goodness. at 7? No. Of course not. My appointment was 4 o'clock. 5 o'clock, she I was like, I'm that. still working on someone. And then I was like, at 6 o'clock, like, hey, should I come over? Yep, just finishing up. We get there at 7. She's not done. I'm not going to just sit there because I know all I have to do in front of me is sit. So I was like, I'm going to go have dinner, mm. come back. <laughs> wow. And when I came back, they were actually finally finishing, but it was nine And it was just one person working on your head? Yeah, I was like, can someone, yeah, no, there was no one else. Wow. That's what I like about uh, Ghana. Like, oh, yeah, it's like, you can have someone come to your hotel room, it'd be like three of them working. Three people, and it's yeah. like $100. Yeah. yeah, not even $100. <sighs> Maybe like 60 Yeah, see, I need to go to Ghana. Yeah. And like, get into this beauty <laughs> life. Because, yeah, I, you know what, and once you're in that situation, you just have to be like kind and positive. Like, I'm not going to take it out on her. Like, mm-hmm. I was frustrated that it was so late, and I was just like... Let's finish, but that's just like black girl hair life. Hair problems, yeah. Yeah. But that was the latest I've ever left a salon in my life. What are the beauty trends that you're totally over? Okay, so the hard eyebrows. um, Mm -hmm. I really like a full brow, but I do think they're... You know, is a, a point where it's just like, okay, yeah, I, I think they're very defined and we can see them. They look like lines. <laughs> yes, I know. And, you know, I was telling you, like, I don't have eyebrows, but microblading really changed the game for me. And I actually, I have to go and get them. They look good. Thank you. I got them done in San Francisco from this place called Faces Plus Two. And I only go to this one woman, May. She's amazing. She only takes cash, like a gangster. <laughs> I love that. Um, <laughs> no paper trail. Exactly. But I need, to, I need to find a place. I did it once in London. I need to find a place in New York that does good microblading because it's scary. It's permanent, mm-hmm. right? And you're like, I'm getting a tattoo on my face. It better be good. Yeah, my mom um, got her eyebrows tattooed on, let me see, it was sophomore year of college. They oh. look really bad. 
And I remember when I saw it, I was like, something looks different on your face, but I couldn't figure out exactly what it was. She goes, oh yeah, I got my brows tattooed on. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, but the technology's changed a lot. Yeah, thank goodness. Yeah, but you have beautiful eyebrows. Oh, thanks. I fill them in though. Oh, really? So do you do pencil, powder? Uh, Both. I'll do pencil and then I'll do powder on top. And then sometimes if I feel like I've made them too dark, I'll take powdered foundation with a spoolie brush and like brush it through so it'll like lighten them so they won't be so light. You're doing a lot. I mean, they look amazing. Oh, thanks. So what what pencil and powder do you use? Um, It's a Revlon pencil and a Smashbox powder. Okay. Okay. They look very nice. Why, thank you. Any other beauty trends that you're really over? Not so much. You know, I really appreciate all beauty for the most part, but the the brows, like, because I feel like it frames your face and it kind of can project how maybe you're feeling. Because, you know, when you see someone with a really harsh brow, it makes it looks them like look angry. angry. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, girl, are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. No, I, I'm I'm here for it all. Honestly. Yeah, you're you're down for the all the experimentation and yeah. the. It's so interesting. I've noticed I've shifted some of the things. Like maybe even like a year ago, two years ago, I would have said like, I hate nail art. Like, I think it's so tacky. And now mm. I'm seeing such cute nail art and I'm like, I should do a little. And I always just get a plain, Me whatever, too. neutral, lame color. But like now I'm looking at nail art and I'm like, some of this nail art is so Beautiful. cute. Yeah. yeah. So like, it's interesting how you even like, as you get older and try new things, you can, things that you thought were bad before you can like again. Yeah, you can do it. I'm, I'm, I haven't done the nail art yet. Although in seventh grade, because I told you I've been getting my manny and petty life since like 1997. But um, <laughs> that seems like a slogan for a t-shirt or something. <laughs> it's, it's true. Like my mom has always been into that. That's awesome. So I think I had like a, maybe some dollar bills or something. No. Wait, as like a child? Yeah. Oh, that's like double obnoxious. <laughs> Coming to school with like acrylic tips with like hundred dollar bills cut up. Yeah, I think I've had that. A look. But now I'll, I might do like a ring finger in a different color, but that's it. Yeah. Like, I don't, yeah. This isn't shade to Florida. My parents live in Florida. Oh, They're in Boca. Oh, Boca. I, I spend time in like, I think like Boca's amazing. I love Miami. The fake tanning. Mm-hmm. So one, it's really good that people aren't like lying in those beds anymore that mm-hmm. give you cancer because that's like just crazy. Yeah. But the streaky like liquid orangey tans the trump look yeah like i don't get it because i feel like it's almost like within communities of people of color we have this whole thing about like embracing your Mm -hmm. skin tone no matter how dark you are no matter how pale you are if you're albino if you have um vitiligo right like Mm -hmm. embrace your skin like love your skin but i feel like maybe that needs to happen in like the caucasian community so like stay pale because I, I think I think pale, healthy skin is beautiful, I agree. right? Like, look at Nicole Kidman, Claire Danes. Mm-hmm. Like, just be your Snow White beauty and don't try to, don't. It just doesn't look natural to me. I agree, and you know what? In the bodybuilding community, they do the spray tan, and those people, like the color that they use, I'm like, whoa! But it's to enhance their muscle They're definition, enhance their muscles. Yeah, I guess maybe that has a purpose. But I just when I see, just, I don't think it looks natural either. I don't think because you looks look down good. at their feet and you're like, yo, your feet. <laughs> it just seems messy and like unnecessary and I yeah. and and also just like with this question when I ask people which trends will die I feel like there are a lot of things that women do because like they think they have to do it mm-hmm. and I feel like if we all convened and talked about it like we could all just collectively be like you know what like let's just stop doing this and then no one would make us 
Do they? Yeah. Do it. Mm. Like, I, I think even people that put on self tanner don't want to be putting on self tanner, but they think they look better with it. Yeah. Better? Mm. But I don't think they do. Do you, this is very random, but Jersey Shore, like for me, bought that whole like tan thing back into the light because I didn't really know people were still oh, doing it. Yes. Well, you know, Jersey Shore is back. Shout out to Viacom. Floribama Shore is the new hit. Do you watch Floribama Shore? <laughs> no. So even the original cast members, they, they still rock like the tan look or have they kind of toned it I down? I think it's, Snooki's still very tan. I don't know okay. if it's makeup or her tan, it looks better, I guess. But yeah, I think there's just something about when you try to change your skin color too drastically. Mm-hmm. And I've even noticed a lot of YouTubers, even women with dark skin on YouTube, they'll put on so much like highlighter and concealer. And I'm like, it looks like a floating head. Yeah, like your neck yeah. and face don't match. Yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> it's like, do you have friends? Have they told you? I know. But then sometimes I think maybe that's how it's supposed to look. What's your opinion on foundation? Are you a foundation wearer? Yes. I, what foundation do you wear? Um, I have on Lancome right now. Okay. Mm. You, not Fenty. I love Fenty foundation. Yeah, I love Fenty. But, you know, certain days, you like because I knew that I was going to have a three-hour journey to get here and then yeah. walk around, yeah. I was just like, Lancome, I know it like stays. Yeah. So that's why I did that one. But, you know, I have a stash. <laughs> okay. So you like Lancome. Yeah. And you haven't found trouble like finding your um, tone? No. Well, okay. I feel like in today's beauty world, like the brands, like they get it. They understand that there are more mm. than just five mm. shades. Mm. <laughs> I want to agree. I think some brands get it. Some, okay, agreed. Some brands get it because I, in college, I used to work for, for Mac. Okay. And I've had a lot of jobs in college. Um, yeah, you've all this fabulous experience, which is, makes sense. That's why you're a like, successful uh, business owner today. Yeah, I'm getting there. Thank you. I'm getting yeah. there. But yeah, so I work for Mac and Bobby. And okay. I remember whenever Bobby would launch yes. a new foundation, she would only launch um, up to a certain shade. Mm-hmm. And it would be frustrating because it's like, well, why don't you have my shade? I work here too. <laughs> but, you know, that was a minute ago. And now I feel like when she launches new shade, she does do a full yeah. shade, you know, range. Yeah, found, I like don't, I, I'm not wearing foundation today. I Really? No. I, Your found, skin looks so good. Oh, thank you. I try, I try to just keep my skincare game up so I don't feel like I need to wear foundation. I'm wearing concealer. Wow. But I wear foundation maybe like once a week. Like if it's like special. Jeez. But it's not part of my like every day. Share your seat. Your skin's so even and it's oh, like. Thank you. I it has honestly a perfect amount of shine. It's like not too oh, oily. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I try. I think that the turmeric face masks, like this mm. yogurt and turmeric, yogurt, turmeric and honey, or yogurt, turmeric, honey and lemon. Like I think it is the bomb. Mm. A lot of people that are following on Naked Beauty Planet have actually tried the recipe, mm-hmm. and they're like, "My skin looks amazing." So I just tell people, like, if you want like instant results, I would say start there. So yogurt, turmeric, honey, and lemon. Yes. Okay. And like you, turmeric stains, so you have to be very careful. Look at my nails. This is turmeric from my smoothies. So oh, from when? Two days ago. Okay, yeah, okay. I put them in my green smoothies. Yeah, but it, it, it your nails won't be like yellow forever. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully, I don't get the. It's no, not no, going to no. stain. Right? It's not going to okay. stain. It's not going to stain. But yeah, try try a turmeric face mask and tell me tell me what you think. I will. I'll send you a photo. Yeah. Okay. Before we end, I do want to ask you, this is a question I ask all of my podcast guests. When do you feel most beautiful? When I don't have any makeup on, no bra on, and I'm just sitting out on my balcony, looking at the pool, drinking a nice cup of coffee. Oh, that sounds perfect. It is. The no bra on is key as well. <laughs> it's 
it's key. It's the first thing that happens <laughs> when when one walks into the door. It's Amen. like, get this off. That's my friendship test. I'm like, this is how I know if we're friends. If you've seen me without a bra. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I'm a busty girl. Yeah. And normally you can't walk around without a bra. Right, right, right. when you're in your house. And if you've seen me with no concealer and if you met my mother. Okay. That's my friendship Those are, those are three, three good three good pillars. Now tell people how they can find you and your fabulous product. And I'm honestly like not just saying that this because Tam is here sitting next to me. The turbans are so, so fab. The green color I have is the chicest green ever. I'm obsessed with it. And I haven't worn the pink, like it's a, is it like a pink or a mauve? A mauve. Your colors are so good. Are they like based on Pantone? Like how do you figure out the colors? Um, I actually do. I follow um, Pantone and I look at, I look at the um, forecast. Oh, that's See, how I pick them. look at you, such, such, such the marketer. I love it. I love <laughs> it. But the colors are gorgeous. Thank you. Um, so everyone should check them out. I will leave a link in the show notes for all of my listeners to check out all of the products and just, yeah, support women in business. That's like a big, big thing for me. So I really appreciate you coming and sharing Thanks for your story. Having me. Appreciate it. And where can people find you? Oh, yes. Yeah. So follow us on Instagram. It's Loza underscore Tam. And that's L-O-Z-A underscore T-A-M. And then LozaTam.com. Amazing. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. I will be back with another interview soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.